Good day, everybody. Welcome to Theology in the Dirt. My name is Mitchell Jolly. Justin Owens. And it's good to have you guys listen in to Theology in the Dirt. Theology in the Dirt exists to help us wrestle with our theology in the public square of our homes, our city, and our world. And we are in our amazing global headquarters of Global Impact Restoration Rome here in Rome, Georgia, where we do foster care and adoption services uh, and partnering up with our partners. They do foster care and adoption services through the vision of Restoration Rome. Global Impact uh, that's affecting Rome, Georgia, Floyd County, and Northwest Georgia, and the entire state of Georgia. It's been an incredible week around here. If you'd like to know more about Restoration Rome, you can go to restorationrome.org, check it out. You can give there and find out ways that you can partner in the work of alleviating the foster care and adoption crisis in our city, state, and our world. And so Justin Owens and I do Theology in the Dirt, and just a little quick announcement, Justin's taking some sabbatical, so this will be his last Theology in the Dirt for a month, and then he'll be back with us in June. Yep. Time, right? It'll be good. Yes, absolutely. Take a so break. He told me uh, this week not to ghost him while That's he's right. on sabbatical, but uh, but don't mess with him either. So he threatened me, and I said, yes, sir. <laughs> I didn't threaten, but I, told, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they're like, what do you, what do you want to do? You know, can I contact you during tobacco? I'm like, we're friends. Like, please contact me. But if you got a question for me, as if I'm an elder of the church, direct it somewhere else. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. I think it's a. Uh, it, it's it, today we're gonna we're gonna we got our sports hot take. We've got some overtime, and we're gonna talk about today mental health. And so, um, sabbatical is is one of the God given prescriptions for dealing with the whole physiological person. And so, we're gonna talk about that today. And so. Uh, Justin won't be with us for a month, but he'll be back at the end of uh, his month off, and uh, and we'll we'll have him back then. Uh, so as we move in through theology in the dirt, we uh, come with some sports hot takes because sports have a theology behind them, and we want to practice that by having a little fun. And I'm wearing underneath my pullover because it's a little cool on uh, this early uh spring summer morning here in georgia i have my georgia national championship shirt and kind of tip you off about my not hot take but my bragging about the nfl draft so justin i'll let you go first i give you a chance to hit hit first after my preemptive text to you this morning mitch was dogging on me last night about tennessee and because i'm a tennessee fan so you can want 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 if you want to but you know oh, that's yeah. that's my um fan to my guess but right he was dogging on me last night about the Vols not having anybody go in the first round, and I told him we were going to abstain from from the draft this year. But um, no, we didn't. We didn't have anybody. But maybe we will next year. Might uh, football is on the rise. I think every other sport at Tennessee is doing well, uh, much like at our Murchie High School where everything but football is doing pretty well. Um, I had to turn away from the microphone as soon as you said our merch. I don't like them. <laughs> That's awesome. And and it's been that way since 1995. So, you know, we had two good teams in the early 90s at our merchie, and we've had a couple other good teams here and there, but by and large, like, no. Yeah. Football's not the thing. Um, but had a like a pretty Andrew, good season this year. Had an okay season this yeah. year. Yeah, better than we've been. Yeah. So kind of maybe on the uptick there too. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like Andrew Bailey said to someone last night, um, Ronald Acuna was back last night, so why was anybody watching the draft, right? It didn't matter. Yeah, but for, uh, Yeah, that's true. So my hot take, I guess, would be I think Acuna is going to have a 30-30 season. I think he's finally going to get there. That's awesome. Um, and maybe next year Tennessee has somebody in the NFL draft. 
they may. Josh Heupel is a very good football coach. Tennessee, Tennessee is one of those programs in the SEC that makes me nervous because they have a legacy of being great, and the potential is there because it's an SEC school. They have money. It's they just got facilities. A they got money. They do. They do. It's just a matter of the right AD. Get Philip Fulmer out of life. Is Fulmer gone? Yeah. Oh, that's I think good. He's gone. That's a good I think move. He retired. Once when they canned Fulmer, the program tanked. Um, and I, I really think Lane Kiffin. I like Lane Kiffin. He's a personality. If he he's a had character. stuck around, yes, I think the program would have been all right. But he, the way he left, it just set off a cultural tangent that just. Yeah, went into the dumpsters and the dumpster fire for a long time. Yeah, couldn't recover from that. That was tough. That was hard. But uh, Tennessee's going to have some draft picks coming up. It's it's going to be hard not to. Um, they can recruit. Josh Heupel's a good coach, and so I think they have the right people in place. It makes me nervous for the SEC East. I don't want it to be competitive. I want Georgia to run away <laughs> with it every year. But Tennessee, I think South Carolina is going to be good uh, as long as as long as Florida can remain a dumpster fire in the clown show. We're all good. We're all good. That's right. Georgia <laughs> could win one game as long as it's the cocktail party. I'm well, I'm not happy, but happier right. to beat Florida. Clown show. All right. So yeah, so I just I do want to say that my feelings were hurt last night. Uh because um well I was dogging uh, Georgia Tech and Tennessee in the draft last night and sent a text to our elders who are represented by Georgia Tech. And one of them is really not Georgia Tech. He's uh, Kennesaw State. Uh, he would say Southern Poly. I think Southern Poly people, these engineering guys who graduated from Poly, don't like the fact that Kennesaw State owns their school. So he's a Kennesaw State graduate. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself <laughs> he or would, that. He would be very much unhappy right now very much unhappy he's a georgia tech season ticket holder so he claims tech and the other one is a georgia tech graduate um you're a berry graduate i'm a shorter graduate but i live in the state of georgia you live in the state of georgia and our we are it's a public school i love the university of georgia i can't remember not loving uga it just i think we came out of the womb i did loving uga so um so i'm dogging georgia tech not having any first round draft picks and i'm not i'm dogging uh tennessee and Pastor Jim just responds with any Hawks go question mark any Hawks <laughs> uh, because he's actually a Georgia Tech person and I graduated from Shorter College the Hawks go fly Hawks call call and so anyway he dogged me I hurt my feelings man I was just really it was I mean it was beautiful it was it was actually a nice rim shot it was perfect timing it it really was it was perfect timing and so I got to give him some credit for coming after me a little bit there. He got me, so boom, Pastor Jim, good one on you. So anyway, um, my sports hot take is just bragging. Five, first time in the history of NFL draft. Uh, it may never happen again. Five first-round picks from University of Georgia, all defensive players. That's impressive. It's pretty impressive. And so I'm, I'm, I was very proud of that. So I'm wearing underneath my pullover my Georgia National Championship shirt. So go dogs. Uh, here, I will give you a hot take. I think uh, Georgia will come close to that next year. I think there's some uh, talent there. I think Georgia will have four that will go in the first round next year. And so I'm just going to leave. I'm going to name them. I'll do that next year. So four. Mm. All right. Not five. I think we'll have four. We'll test the prophet's words next, <laughs> next year. He'll test the prophet's words. I think we'll have a couple offensive players that will go. 
And so anyway, good, good stuff. So that's our sports uh, bragging hot take, whatever you want to call it today, as we move into overtime. Overtime is where we talk about things that are hanging, theological hanging chads that are hanging out there, things that we've been talking about, discussing. So Justin, you got any uh, overtime? Uh, no, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, I had some really good conversations throughout the week with different people, but it ranged the spectrum of everything going on in life and daily Bible reading and yeah. just noticing cool things in the scriptures. So nothing really just hanging out there. Yeah. But that, yeah, it's good. been good. I think for me, a, a theological hot, uh, theological, not hot take, a theological <laughs> piece of overtime for me is as my mind thinks on, I don't want to use the word ruminate. That's a negative. That does, I don't like the word rumination because it has negative connotations. And uh, But as I think on and meditate on my theology that gets epitomized in the vision of our church is, is, the place of tactics. Um, there are some tactics in the Bible that are prescribed. Share the gospel. Evangelism is explicitly and implicitly all over the Bible. The glory of God. So we should evangelism shouldn't have to be put on a tactical uh, organizational chart. That should be built into every believer. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and and you know like gathering for church should not have to be put down on a tactical organizational chart that's commanded first the family gather uh gather with other i mean that's just built into the nature of the trinity so gathering uh in whatever form is commanded mm-hmm. um and then the house the how the tactical house are things i've been meditating on and so many of them it's easy for me to to find um things that i like and prefer and hold them with a closed fist. Mm. And 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 I think that's easy for all of us to do. But tactics are one of those things where um, when we think about how to do what God's given us to do, it's important for us to, um, and we discussed this in our elders meeting. We've discussed this with other people. Be patient, long-suffering as we implement our tactics of going about the glory of God among the nations um, because um, tactics won't last into the eternal kingdom. Mm. And so um, how we get to seeing all nations come to, to Jesus is a matter of good open forum and debate. We have brothers and sisters around the world who use a different tactic. Um, there's a professional model of missionary endeavor that some of us would argue is coming to a close on the global stage. We would talk about domain engagement. But you know what I'm not going to do? I'm going to fight a professional missionary over their tactical implementation. If it's working now? Yeah. Yeah. I've added. I, I saw somebody on Twitter yesterday talking about there's a bunch of different good models. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of different good lenses yeah. for how to engage the world in the future right. and how we're engaging the world today. And, and GlocalNet was one of the ones they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Upstream Collective was another one they were talking about. And just, yeah, there's yep. – and, and where we're at is going to dictate some of how that plays out. The tactics may shift. Right. That's right. Um, the end game doesn't shift. The end game does not shift. But our our tactics sometimes are driven by the culture and the context that we're in. Yeah, that's right. And and so I have I have uh I think as I get older I'm mellow because I want to I want to mellow. I want to become a Ray Ortland Junior um that is wise and mellow. Uh I don't want to be hard and heavy handed on things that don't matter in the eternal kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning to chill out and cool out a little bit and uh I definitely am opinionated, um, but my opinions on things that aren't going to last in the kingdom are just opinions. Mm. And so I'm not willing to not work with people 
who have a different tactic than me. If we share the same end, let's get after it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can be multiple in our tactics. We can run alongside one another. So uh, that's that's a little piece of overtime for me, just been hanging in my head the past few weeks. Um, and so I think that's vital. I think it's important because now we partner in our city. Yeah. You know, there are going to be people who not they're not going to do things the same way we do them. In fact, we had this discussion at a pastor's forum that uh, that we have here once a month, Windshape Retreat here, uh, that is uh, a foundation of Chick-fil-A, hosts us pastors here in town who want to be part of this once a month, and we get together, and we have an end. Like, what are we gathering for? And we actually had, the, we had a nice long discussion last week about the fact that uh, our purpose together is each other's health and well-being. And, and one of the pastors, a dear friend, said, you know, he used me as an example. He wanted to speak, and he didn't want to speak for himself. But he said, "I want to make sure Jolly uh, has the capacity to be a dad and a husband. I want us to be healthy, and that's our end in gathering, not to all come up with a singular vision for all the churches. Because, and and I contributed by saying that's impossible because mm-hmm. we all have, we all should have the same end of the Great Commission, but how we're going to get there." We're never going to be able to agree on that. But what we can do is multiple streams moving in the same direction. We can agree on that. We can agree on each other's health and have multiple ways of getting to health as well as achieving a mission. And that we all agreed on. And so that was healthy for me. Yeah, that's good. And that's kind of the event that tipped me into thinking about, you know, we're never, ever always going to agree on tactics. Mm. But if we're going toward the same end, we can run together. Absolutely. And our, our tactics are going to be different based on who the Lord has brought to our churches. You know, right. Our church is going to have a unique emphasis on foster care and adoption. That's right. Because we have people that are passionate about that, called to that, engaged in that work and ministry. There's another church in town that's very heavily involved in the, um, working among the, among the homeless. Right. Right. And right. we can't do the same level and intensity of work amongst foster and adoptive needs and jump in and do the same level of intensity that they're able to do homeless. That's right. And if they're able to work amongst the homeless people well and we're able to work over here well, we can support and That's do right. different things because we have different gifts, different skill sets, different passions. Yes. That's right. And we're wired that way to bring the healing of the kingdom. Yes. Speak the hope of the gospel as we do that and work in different areas, different domains. Yeah. Uh towards the same end of seeing the kingdom come mm. and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Man, that's good. Isn't it just like the Lord to give us uh, the metaphor of the body to make that make sense? And it's so mm. easy for me to forget. Uh, this was fresh on my, 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 uh, you know, my, my physical ailments, but a particular part of my body was just aching. It's been aching for three days, hurting, hurting like a Dickens. And I try not to take any, I want medicine to work when I need to take, inflammatory medicine so i don't take it all the time i only take it when i need it and so i was like okay i gave in and popped some ibuprofen to to knock that that inflammation out and uh and i I was like you know that that joint right down here uh on that leg is causing a limp and is making the whole thing get off and Mm -hmm. i was thinking and then i started i went bible it went all theological, but that's what the body, when one part of the body hurts, mm. the rest of it is affected. When one part of the body is doing well, it all kinds of work works in concert. And I thought that's, the Lord has made the body multiple so that 
it achieves one purpose, mm-hmm. but does it in many ways. And I was like, that makes sense. It does, man. <laughs> and the Lord's like, hello. I told you that. <laughs> That's right. And even inside each local fellowship, each local fellowship is going to be different, but even inside each fellowship, there's going to be uh, multiple people, generations of life. We were, we were talking about this in our elders meeting. There are different generations of life that can and cannot do certain tactics. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say they are wrong or off. It's just, man, life is coming at everybody hard and fast. And and if on a daily basis I'm being a faithful husband, faithful, faithful dad, um, a faithful employee, trying to be holy, fighting for holiness, fighting for righteousness, doing my best to share my faith. Thumbs up, baby. Keep grinding. Mm-hmm. We we can be patient on getting into our tactics, but strive for those things that are in the manual mm-hmm. and hold everything else with patience and long-suffering. And I just, my knee and my conversation in that pastor's forum last week has me thinking on those things. So mm, That's good. Yeah, so it's helpful for me personally because there are times I need – I need exceptional patience from people. Mm. Life's tough, right? So, so that kind of I think that's a good segue into what we want to talk about. May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, and uh, that doesn't mean every podcast we do this month is going to be on mental health. We may hopefully have a few, a couple of guests we can talk about in depth, um, but we wanted to talk about mental health. So, mm-hmm. um, let's define mental health as best we can. Justin, you want to give it a shot, and then we'll. Uh, We'll just kind of chop it up a little bit. Oh, mental health. I don't. I don't have a good definition prepared. I didn't come prepared for that. But it's our. Um, I think it's very closely tied to our emotional health. We right. often talk about our mental and emotional health together. Um, but it's easy to understand physical health, right? I take care of my body. I try to eat well, stay hydrated, exercise. Those things are easy to measure and easy to do. Uh, mental health is just as important. It's a lot harder to quantify. Yeah. Um, so is emotional health. Right. Um, so I don't have a good definition, so I'm going to let oh. you define it. No, but that, I would say that we as a church have neglected right. the areas of mental and emotional health uh, because we think some reason they're less than. Right. Um, I heard a guy named Preston Perry. Um, his wife is Jackie Hill Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was saying that if I go to the doctor – take care of my body like doesn't mean i don't have faith in jesus right we all understand that and agree with that mm-hmm. you know but if i go to a counselor it's like well maybe now i'm not trusting jesus right and, and why is that yeah and that was his point was like i'm just i'm taking care of myself that doesn't right. mean i don't trust jesus yeah absolutely i thought that was a good fit into where we're going but that's huge i i, I agree i uh a good definition of mental health is hard to find. I don't have a good one. I think uh, anything you read, uh, depending on who wrote it, can give you a decent definition. So that's why I ask, and, and I because I think part of theology in the dirt is us being able to chop up, make application of our ingrained theological presuppositions that hopefully are informed by Scripture and making application to the language. Because mental health, um, those words mean something. And depending on how we define mental and how we define health depends on how we define mental health. Yeah. And so, man, if you, you look up some definition, it could be skewed by some whatever. And so for me, I, I try to start uh, as a good Hebrew 
you know, as a in, in the garden, God breathed into their nostrils the breath of life, and they became living beings. That little word, being, living being, is a, a word that is fully integrated. Mm. Um, so this, this flesh and blood body God created uh, that is made in the image of Jesus Christ, the triune God. So there's some degree of our physical makeup that reflects God's image. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's the degree of, of our, um, of who we are that is immaterial also. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. so there's this glorious Trinitarian mashup of physical and spiritual, uh, living being that, uh, is created in the image of God. Mm. So it is. Uh, it defies, in, in my estimation, mental health um, defies a simple definition. It is everything related to the human being mm-hmm. and their well being, and 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 that is a that's those are deep waters. Yeah, and and it's not just having a healthy brain, like right. your organ of your brain being healthy. It's it's having healthy thought patterns, healthy. Ways of viewing the world, ways of understanding different interactions that are going on. So it's having a healthy and sound mind. Yes. And and healthy, defining that, you know. Yeah. In a way that is, you know, biblically and spiritually healthy. It is, you know, commonly understood health, like good, whole, well, able to function rightly. Yes. I guess that would be my simplest way to define health is, is it functioning rightly? Right. You just said something that tipped your hand to a worldview. Let's dive into it. You just said the brain and thinking. Now, there's a worldview that would say, I heard in your words, you drew a line between the physical structure of the brain and the being, the processes of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, dive into that. Tell me why. I agree with you. So uh-huh. let's dive into why we would say the brain is different from and separate from that other component, our thinking, our... Okay. Um, let me share this real quick, and then we'll dive into that, because I think this this leads into to why. So Pete Scazzaro, we talked about him before. He wrote Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Leadership, Discipleship. There's a whole course on that. It's just solid stuff. Mm-hmm. He says there's five aspects of being a human being. Physical, emotional, social, intellectual, and spiritual. They're all important. They're all integrated. There's not nice, neat, clean lines between, well, this is my physical being. This is my right. spiritual being. This is my intellectual being. This is, But those things, physical, emotional, social, intellectual, and spiritual, and they're drawn from the greatest commandment, right? Like this is deeply biblical. Love the Lord your God with yeah. all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yep. It doesn't just say love the Lord your God. Right. But love the Lord your God with everything that you are, mm. with your physical actions, with the way that you think, with the way that you love, with the way that you care, all those things. Yeah. Um, so the organ of the brain and the functions that go on there, the neurons, the firings, the electrical things, the way your body processes data, the way you see, you hear, you smell, you respond, you know, I want to move my hand so my brain tells my hand to move you know that's there's a physical aspect there that doesn't require me to think 
Like I'm not sitting here actively going, okay, thumb move and then waiting and then my thumb somehow later moving, right? I just I don't even have to think about it and I move my hands. Thinking and this is where the Greeks kind of could get way off and Gnostic thinking could come in of, you know, well, there's a spirit and there's a spirit is good and flesh is bad and, and all those things. But when we talk about our spirit, our soul, our body, we understand that there is there is a distinction, but they're all integrated. Yeah. Right? I am an integrated being. I am not part flesh, part souls, part spirit, whatever words we want to use. I am all of those things. Right. And so the the mental thinking, I can control some of that. And that's not the same thing as like the organ of my brain being healthy. Right. The organ of my brain can be functioning properly. Right. I can breathe, I can see, I can taste, I can smell, I can move. But my mental and emotional state can be off completely. And there's there is neurological things going on there right when that's off right but i can also learn some tools and techniques to regulate that yes. and to make my brain function in a better way yes that's right i, that, I think that's huge that um one of the things that that i think uh gets off and, and people uh when we come at the bible and we think about the human being uh, they will read Paul, and when Paul says body, soul, and spirit, and they draw these nice, neat three lines down between mm-hmm. body, soul, and spirit as though Paul's use of that language is prescriptive on the nature of the human. Now, you, two, several things. Number one, Paul's a Hebrew, mm-hmm. so he's thinking in terms of Genesis 1 and 2. He's not thinking in terms of Plato and Aristotle. Um, he's not a Greek thinker. He's operating in a Greek world. And when Paul uses expressly Greek terms, it's not necessarily prescriptive, but he's speaking to an audience, mm-hmm. and he's speaking in a manner they will understand. Mm-hmm. He's not making a qualitative statement about the threefold nature of humanity. There's even some translations there, right? And, and even mm-hmm. systematic theology textbooks go into this long discussion on are we three parts or are we two parts? Is it body and soul? And, and I, I feel like this is where systematic theology can where biblical theology is important. Let's go back to Genesis 1 and 2. Yes, we are. Right. All those things mashed up, and to draw lines between them is going too far. And and I think a good, clear example of that, and this is easy for most people to understand, you go to the doctor, you right. get your eyes dilated. Yep. If it doesn't clear up pretty quickly, you feel kind of funky. Right. Like your vision is off. It messes with the way that you're even thinking. Like you begin to think like something is wrong with me. What is going on? My emotions are all over the place because my vision's messed up. Right. Right, because we are all integrated beings. That's right. Where one thing affects the other. Just like your your knee or your ankle being hurt. Yeah. Can make you walk with a limp. It's going to make your hip hurt. It's going to make your shoulders hurt. It's going to make, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to send different pain throughout your body. Yeah, that's it's right. going to make you feel certain ways. And if you're not aware, it's going to change your mood. It's going to change your interactions with other people. I mean. That's right. That's right. You know, so it. It's all integrated, and a really important piece of mental health is being physically healthy. Yeah, and but yeah, there's a we like neat distinctions, right? Because it's easy, but it also betrays our our eschatology or our lack of thinking through what the implications of that mm. lack of a well thought out eschatology is. Yeah. So if we draw neat lines, well, there's body, soul, and spirit, right? And the body's going to go away. 
So we must just need to focus on spirit, that's soul, because right. those things are going to continue on. So physical is bad, and it's that's all right. going to burn up anyway. So why are we engaging these domains and bringing healing? Because it's just all going to, who cares, burn up. Let's focus on the spiritual. Right. I mean, I've, I've watched it in, in a lot of how we think, uh, and because all, all of this is related to mental health. It's physical, and, and, and when, when our eschatology, how we view the human body and how things wrap up, um, I've watched in our own tradition people ignore the idea of the physical and be so poorly in in such poor physical condition, and and the justification is well, I mean it's body bad, spirit good, so I'm just focused on my soul. And it's like mm-hmm. no, 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 all these are completely integrated, and and going to be restored mm-hmm. when the kingdom is finally fully implemented. I'm I'm going to be me mm. without sin. That that's awesome, and so um, and so everything I'm doing now is preparing for that. Mm. So the mental, the, the 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 psychological, the emotional, the social, the physical, all of those components, those five things, because Zero mentioned there are, they make up our mental health, mm-hmm. and and they're vital. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I want to point people to a resource that's been huge for me and uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Um, read her uh, first thing I started uh, being exposed to her was um, my wife uh, was pointing me to a resource to help me manage my thinking and so started reading her other stuff her research and she's a clinical research psychologist um, and so inpatient uh, research uh, PhD in uh, brain science she's a brain scientist but a clinician in practice also so it's just a awesome combination of skill mm. and uh and i believe she's a, a christian um but even more important than that here's a person who's discovered how the wise creator jesus wired the human brain mm. and and in so doing uh she has just developed this incredible system of how to manage one's thinking because you talked about managing your thinking and for me the management of my mental health starts with my thinking Mm. Um, the voices my own self-voice my self-talk what voices I allow in to speak into my life what memories are being brought up uh, external circumstances and managing those and what I've found is that the management of those affects the actual physical brain Mm. And there's enough science out there. If anybody wants to go read her book, it's called Cleaning Up My Mental Mess by Dr. Caroline Leaf. Um, and I'll put it on the blog. I'll put a link to it. I would suggest everybody go get it and read it. Um, but managing your thinking mm-hmm. uh, is actually proven. Like they can prove this. And the first half of this book is all the science on the proof of the neuroplasticity of the brain. Mm that the brain actually shifts in its size and its shape based upon long-term thinking habits Mm. and the growth of uh, neurotransmitters and dendrites that connect in the brain. Like a a thought is an actual physical structure in the brain that I create based upon what I think. Mm. That, and there's pictures of this in the book. I think they can map this stuff in the brain. And so what I've found is that managing my thinking affects the actual physical functioning of my brain, which affects how I feel physically in my body, mm. blowing my mind. And it's amazing how the Lord wired all that together to work that way. He did. And here's where I think it, there's a worthy discussion for us, Justin, is the breakdown 
in our evangelical culture on viewing that kind of research and technology as worthy of our attention. Um, I think there's this tendency, if it's not a chapter and verse in the Bible, it's not true. We, we briefly touched on that in a podcast maybe two episodes ago, three episodes ago, where we talked about the difference in sola scriptura right. and solo scriptura right. and how, like, we know about, like, who God is because of how he's revealed himself in the scriptures, right? We know that through his word and through his creation, but for us to fully understand his creation, we have to know his word, right? So we know who God is, we know who man is in relation to God. Right. We know how to be saved by grace through faith because of the word of God in scripture. That's sola scripture, like faith alone, in Christ alone, through grace alone, through scripture alone. That's right. So low scripture says, well, if God didn't give us a chapter and verse on it, it either is untrue or he didn't want us to know it. Right. Even people who would say that, though, don't really believe that because they're going to go to the doctor when they think they have cancer. That's right. Right? Right. I mean, you're going to go let the doctor figure out how to treat or cut that cancer out of you because we have x-ray technology now. That's right. Moses in the desert didn't have x-ray technology. Right. It's not like God didn't know what was going on in people's bodies. That's right. That's right. And couldn't have given them away like, oh, hey, Moses, here's some x-ray goggles and you can figure out everything that's wrong with you. Absolutely. But that wasn't the point. The point of the scriptures is for us to know God yes, and to know who he is and who we are. That's right. As his creatures and also as his fallen creatures and how to be made right with him again yes. and how to love one another well. Yes, that's right. It's not to give us, you know, the, how to classify animals and, you know, people. Right. You know, well, it says a bat is a bird, so it must be wrong. So it says a bat is a flying creature because if you're looking around, right. oh, they fly, they must be similar animals. right that's not the point of the bible that's not the point of the bible that's right and so we neglect things like we figured out how the brain works right and so let's let's put that to good use yes and and figuring out how it works is true you know the command the the cultural command um to fill the earth and subdue it in genesis 1 26 28 god wired all this together and he wired it together before he created adam and eve so he created them in his image, made them intelligent and capable of being his co-regents on this earth, and sent them on a mission to fill the earth and subdue it, meaning they were to learn how they, the animals, and the vegetation on the earth worked, and they were to manage it. Mm-hmm. And that is a distinctly Christian activity. It's rooted in the first chapter of the Bible. So the idea that somebody, a Christian, and this is, and I want to see more Christians. And this is why we talk about domains. If mm-hmm. God's given you a, a medical pension and you're wired to not pass out when you see blood, and you want to discover, and like you know, I see blood, I get lightheaded. Mm-hmm. I'm not made for that world. But there are people who are like, ooh, let's let's look into that injury. Like it, they see bones breaking, they're like, ooh, let's discover. I see bones breaking, I pass out on the floor. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person, but where are the Christians going? I want to know how the body works better so that as a Christian, I can help heal it. Mm. I mean, so what's happened is in so much of the scientific world, we've handed it over to people who have an aberrant worldview. Mm-hmm. And so when they present findings that are true, we have a tendency to push back. So that's not in the Bible. Like, well, no, it's not in the Bible. It's in God's created order. The wise creator, Jesus, made it that way 
they just happen to have a funky worldview, but they went and discovered what he did. They just don't know it's him. Yeah, I think that's a good good distinctor, right? Just because they discovered something doesn't mean it's untrue. Right. Now, their worldview behind why it's true or how to apply that truth could be funky. It could be all over the place. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's not true. That's exactly right. It doesn't right. mean that the brain doesn't work in a certain way. That's right. And we need a you know, yeah. Christian worldview to go, okay, here's how the brain works. Here's what that must mean. Here's how we can use that to bring right. healing and wholeness to the That's world right. around us. That's right. And so when we come to our mental health, I think it's going to be real important for us as Christians. There's a couple of things I, that are coming to mind. I think, one, we have to be careful in, in addressing our mental health that we don't uh, use the Bible poorly. Mm-hmm. And that is point people to Bible texts as cures for emotional, psychological, and physiological challenges that are going on. It's not mm-hmm. why God gave the scriptures, right? Absolutely. And so and so, being careful to use the scriptures appropriately, um, telling me not to worry, I agree. However, why am I worrying, mm-hmm. right? So help, help me obey that command, not hit me over the head with it, saying if I just believe that scripture enough, the worry will stop. Well, it might not, mm-hmm. right? So using the scriptures appropriately. Yep. Um, and what I, what I'm, I'm just foolish enough to believe like Philippians four, eight, whatever's true and noble and right and excellent, worthy of praise. Think on these things. There are these little nuggets in the Bible like that. That's really helpful. Mm -hmm. Think on these things. Well, you tell me to think on these things. Well, if I think on the right things, could it be that I might be able to train then my physiological capacities to worry less? Maybe so. Mm hmm. And the research that's there done even by non-Christians is helpful in that world. And so yeah. you introduced it when you talk about our thinking mm-hmm. versus how our brains work. So so for me, it's use the Bible properly. Then learn to get control of my thinking life, mm. my thought life. So um, take a second maybe and explore that. What is it like for you to get control of your thought life? So I think for me it started realizing the need to do that Probably three and a half, four years ago, I went to see a counselor, just kind of was feeling off, having trouble processing different, you know, relational things going on and just wanted, you know, there's been a a myriad of other things in the background too. A lot of grief, a lot of loss, a lot of just life change, life happens. And so, hey, what am I, where am I off here? And learning through good counsel. Right. So I would add, like, it's important, get the right kind of counsel and help that you need. Yeah. Don't ignore counseling. It, it's not wrong to go see a counselor. Right. And it's not wrong to go see your doctor. Right. Medical doctor, your physician, however you want to find those. But go to, the, go to the right people. Get the right help. Talk to your pastor. Right. You know, see a variety of helps spoken in the right way to you. Uh, but learning to control your thinking, I mean, I can dwell on stuff all day long. I can ruminate. That's the negative use of that word to think on and dwell on. And it's negative because ruminating on something is bad. You're creating false neural, like not false because you're actually creating neural pathways. But it's it's ways of you're developing yourself to think in a way that's not going to be good for you. That's right. You're bringing up old, maybe not old, but you're bringing up hurts. You're dwelling on things that you can't do anything about. And you're handling poorly. Right. But you can actually train your brain to think in such a way to process those things healthily. So it's not just like right. put it out of your mind and don't ever think about it. Right. You know, counselors use the analogy of put it on a shelf. 
but they tell you you put it on the shelf so you can go back to it when you're in a place to deal with it. That's right. We can't just go bury it in the backyard yep. and never think about it because it's right. going to come up. That's right. Uh, so learning to control your thinking, learning to be aware that you can control your thinking. Yeah. it's It's been helpful. It's a challenge, though, because um, most of us don't seek that kind of help until we've already got a problem. Right. And I wonder if, like, if I can teach my kids these things when they're eight, nine, ten, five. Right. Maybe they'll have some much better tools that when they get my age and they've experienced what I've experienced, it, it doesn't. It doesn't wreck them like it wrecked me. Right. No, that's good. I, uh, yeah, there, there, our thinking life um, is affected by so many things, external circumstances, life experiences, trauma. And, and the reality is we are learning more and more about trauma um, here at Restoration Rome. Trust-based relational intervention, TBRI, is the, the tactical implementation of dealing with children from difficult backgrounds. Um, but not only children from difficult backgrounds, all of us who might not come from a difficult socioeconomic background, um, trauma is real. And it's everything from in utero to life experiences, what happens to us and how we process it will depend upon how at some point our bodies actually process it. A good resource for people to go read would be, um, the body keeps the score. Mm -hmm. I would suggest people read that. Um, because our brain is storing this information, and if we don't process it well with our thinking and good tools, it stores it up to be revealed later, mm. and it will come out. Um, I have a very difficult background, um, and uh, a lot of external circumstances piling up. For some reason, me personally, my survival instinct was to bury it. Mm. And I wish I could tell, like I, I, my counselor, my therapist, uh, I— I wish, and he's helping me learn this, and some of this is just a survival instinct, so I don't know how I do this, but I was adept at just burying it, um, which seems to work in the short run. And when I say short mm -hmm. run, 20, 30 years, depending on my wiring, and I was able to bury it. And then these multiple external circumstances, difficult circumstances, some of which affected you um, and some of which affected me, um, pulled the dirt, scraped mm. the dirt off of those, and all of that stuff just absolutely came, boom, busting out, and I had no control over it. And so what I found was that I had the worst, absolutely poor thinking habits. Uh, I'm a ruminator. Mm. I'm a, uh, like I believe in the sovereignty and providence of God, yet I could not stop worrying, fretting, mm. because I had no thinking skill. Uh, no, no ability to put something on a shelf and revisit it. Didn't know what it was. I couldn't identify emotions. Mm. Just feel. What am mm -hmm. I feeling? I don't know. I'm just feeling. I don't know what this is. Absolutely wrecked me. Um, and so, uh, I, and I shared with you guys that, and I've shared with you guys that, you know, back in September, I hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, I had two days, I had to get on a plane and take some guys to to a, a family gathering for for our uh, for Global Net. And I'm sitting in the floor with my wife going, I've been wanting to kill myself. I mm. and suicidal ideation was real and I had to admit it and I had to I had to get some help and um and all that to to say. And there's a lot of background, a lot of story there to unpack, but my thinking was out of control. Mm. And I wasn't thinking on sinful things. Like I'm not it's not lust or it's the rumination of thoughts. It's the stored up 
energy in our brain from not dealing with those things. And what mm. I found was I don't have to be a victim of that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be a victim. You know, the Holy Spirit fruit of self-control is real. But I will mm. say this, it's not easy. And it's not magical. So we actually, I should have addressed this in overtime. Maybe now that we're talking about it, it comes to my mind. But we addressed in our life group on Sunday the fruit of the Spirit. It's not something where I just go, okay, Lord, give me self-control, and then, bam, snap of the fingers, I'm a self-controlled individual. Lord, give me patience. Bam, I'm a patient person. No, I have to learn to grow and demonstrate patience. Right. And so oftentimes the old joke at the church I came from was don't pray for patience because God's going to give you opportunities to be patient. Right. And we have to grow in those things. It's the renewing ongoing of our mind. Romans yeah. 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's right. It's not like boom, done, you're renewed. You're We are renewed, but we're in a sinful world and we're still sinful beings. So we're still having to unlearn and learn new habits and new things and it's a growing process over time. That's right. Day one believer is going to have a measure of self-control that uh, hopefully you know, a person who's been a believer for 80 years has a whole much higher degree of self-control. That's right. Because we grow in that That's over right. time. That's right. That's exactly right. I, I would say one of the things I've learned about myself is one of the reasons historically I like to do physical hard things Um. All the, I mean, I've always enjoyed trying to attempt physically hard things. I like to push my physical uh, limits uh, is because that's easy. Mm. Uh, what's hard is managing the immaterial stuff that I can't put my hands on. I can put one foot in front of the other and climb that mountain. I can um, hide. I can use my words to get around this checkpoint. Um, I can use a smile on my face to change the atmosphere of a guard um, who won't let me into this next country. Uh, But those thoughts in my head, I can't put my hands on them. I can't strangle them. I can't stop them. The hardest work I have ever engaged in is managing my mind, which is not my brain. Mm -hmm. Caroline Leaf says your mind is not your brain. Your brain is not your mind. The brain is the organ that your mind uses to affect your body. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is so true. Mm-hmm. The hardest work I do every day is managing my mind. I wake up and I'm aware that my mind is working. One of the things she talks about in the book, you're never not thinking. You're always thinking. Your non-conscious self is always processing. It never stops even when you're asleep, which is why you dream. Mm. But we can we can actually manage it. And it requires hard work. And I'm telling you, it's the hardest thing I do. It's not physically hard. It is emotionally the most taxing thing I do on a daily basis is yeah. managing my thoughts. And, and there are some tools to do that. And, it, and it's countercultural, too. We don't live in a culture that um, I had this conversation with a guy yesterday. Just uh, the, the world's not going to celebrate you for figuring that out and taking a Sabbath and reorder, reordering your life to care for yourself. That's right. Yeah. The world is going to celebrate, grind it out, work harder, suck it up, move on, mm-hmm. produce, 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 produce. Yep. And we, we celebrate that in the Christian world. We celebrate being people who ruin ourselves, ruin our health for the sake of Jesus. That's right. And all the while, you know, Jesus gave us the Sabbath to show us that he's the provider. Like, we have to work hard. We have to do our job. Yep. That's we right. got to plant that seed in the dirt. We got to pour water on it when we can. And Yeah. But we can't make that thing grow. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah, can't make it grow. I love the fact that Sabbath is built into the nature and character of the triune God. Mm-hmm. God pre sin, pre sin, right? And it's not because God was tired; He stopped because it was sufficient. Mm-hmm. Sufficient. It was done. It was complete. And then He tells us, "Now you're made in My image. Be like Me. It's sufficient. I'm sufficient. So to prove that to you, stop, and I will make up the lack." Mm. That it's easy to call myself a Christian because I'm not going to go to hell, but being a Christian is more than not going to hell. It's obeying the Lord, mm-hmm. and that means stop ruminating. You can't control that. Stop, rest, and and stopping for me is more than the. It's the. Mm-hmm. I can rest, and I mean rest on the inside. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Justin. That is that is hard. It's hard right now. I'm having trouble controlling it today. Mm-hmm. Stop on the inside. Well, for me, my brain wants to run through all the because you know, I'm a planner by nature, by training. I'm a planner. I'm mm-hmm. a figure it out. What's the plan? What's the, all the contingent scenarios we need to plan for? Think through what could happen. What are all the what ifs? And bam, do the best we can to plan for them. Yeah, that leads me in some difficult situations to right. assume the worst about people to yep. let my mind run down all these different rabbit trails that yep. if I say them out loud. They're really foolish because that's not going to happen. And if that happens, it's going to be evident that it's foolish. That's right. But if I ruminate on it, it just it keeps getting worse and like multiplies into this mess. And then, yeah, I've had conversations with my wife, and it's like, what, what, right? That's not even anywhere connected to what's gonna like. No rational person would think that. Right. But I've spent all day ruminating about worst case scenarios. Yep. And you build this scenario that's not even true. And the crazy thing is one of the, the things Dr. Leaf says when we're ruminating like that, we're actually there's it, we're building physical structures in our brain that then take more time to undo than it took to to do them. Mm. And and there my God. Like it's I almost feel like we need to come back and talk through Dr. Leaf and we may have to come back and talk to through Dr. Leaf because people are gonna go Tell me, tell me, tell me what to do. The problem with that is telling you what to do is not the same as plowing through the reasons why. And, mm-hmm. and I think we probably should share that. And I'll give some things as we close out to, to kind of give people some tools because uh, just practicing a little bit of what you know mm-hmm. is better than practicing nothing. Um, but but you're right. I mean, you, you get on those tangents, and we've created this scenario that when you come backside of it, it was foolish. And I've, I've done that. I still do that yeah. and have to learn from that. But, yeah, we probably need to unpack more of yeah. Dr. Leaf, more of our journeys <laughs> in counseling individually and, yeah. and corp, you know, together. And yep. just there's so much here. Right. Um, yeah, we've got more to talk yeah. about. We've got more to talk about. And so when you're gone, uh, Chris Hayes is going to step in, and we're going to talk about some stuff. Uh, we're going to have a fun time, and uh, but we're going to come back and talk about some mental health, and we'll talk more about our journeys, and, and, and we'll unpack. So give you uh, your closing word, and then I'll give a few few items that will help people as they uh, as they start to, to walk through their mental health and mental journeys. Yeah, so uh, I would just say be aware. Start learning. Start somewhere. Um we're holistic beings, not there's no neat, clean divides uh, and get help, whatever help you need. If you need to go see a counselor, I, I think most people should go see a counselor because we live in there's a book called like something about it. And the subtitles living in a burnout culture, right? We live in a burnout culture. Mm. Go talk to somebody, get help, learn what 
proper emotional and mental health looks like. Go go meet with a counselor. Go talk to him. It's not bad. Find a Christian one and talk to him. Talk to your pastor. Just, hey, I'm, I want to learn. It doesn't even have to be I'm having a crisis moment. I want to learn what, what God says about this. I want to learn what's going on in my life. Right. That's right. Because if people met with us as pastors, we might say, well, you're actually – like you live in a place of anger and that's why you have a lot of the problems in your life. Like you're living in a place of sin. Therefore a lot of things are happening. We also might tell you, Hey, look, you need to go see somebody. Mm-hmm. You might have a physical ailment. You need to go see your MD, right? Get the help you need. There's nothing, no shame about it. Get whatever help you need. It's better to be healthy than it is to live in the fear of being ashamed that you got help. Mm-hmm. Great resource. We, we, people in our church, Jim and Bonnie Moore work with NAMI, National Association of Mental Illness. They work at the Rome chapter and Georgia chapter and, you know, lots of great resources out there. Yeah, absolutely. Bonnie Moore, uh, between my therapist, my wife, and Bonnie Moore, uh, I would say I'm probably sitting here today. When I hit rock bottom, thank God that I have a wife who's trained. Um, but uh, Bonnie Moore and um, and Tim Carroll uh, and you, you were uh, you were part of that process and helping me get back on my feet. But I, I just to echo what you said, it's vital to get help. Um, it is, and, and part of what prevented me from getting help, even back in 2018 when I had a, a lengthier sabbatical, was this perception that it's weak. Mm. Um, and I don't know. I, I guess that's from my cultural raising. Um, ignore it. Push it down. Don't be whatever. And. And I had to get over the fact that that's not weak. It's it's actually proactive strength to deal with and to stand up in front of our church and tell people I'm breaking mm-hmm. and uh, I'm emotionally unwell and and need help uh, was pride killing. But it was it was this it was putting my feet down actually on the bedrock of Christ mm-hmm. and letting uh, people hold me accountable to wellness um, and to getting help. And so thank God for people like that. So I'll leave you with a couple of things that you said a word awareness. Um, if you're struggling with your thinking and your mental health, and again, I, what comes first chicken or the egg? Is it a biological need that, that, uh, that needs to get taken care of? Or is it a thinking need? Probably all of it, right? <laughs> Both. And. Both. And so some people say, well, do you need to get on, do you get medicine or do you need to control your thinking? Yes. Probably all that depends on where you are in the process. So go see your doctor. Mm-hmm. Go actually see a good, solid internal medicine doc. Um, and if you want to know, I got recommendations here in town. Uh, I had to change doctors. Um, thanks, thanks to my therapist who said, "No, nah, we need to get you. We need to get you into a somebody who can address that." So you may need to address some some physiological things, uh, but at the same time, you can't address your thinking. So if you need to start with one, you can start today with your thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean you need to delay going to see a doctor. If you need to go see a doc, please go see a doc. But it's going to take some time to get in a doc. But in the meantime, you can begin to control your thinking. So be aware. You said the word awareness. Mm-hmm. That's the first step in the neurocycle and changing 63 days. It's not 21. It's 63 days to create new neurological pathways in your brain. And it starts with awareness. So what are you feeling? What is that feeling? Identify it. And then ask some why questions. Why? Ask why about that feeling or that that physical sensation that's you that's your body that's the lord jesus wise warning system letting you know there's something that needs attention so identify it and ask some why questions 
until you find an answer. And and the mystery of not knowing is sometimes an answer, and you got to put it on the shelf and revisit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard, um, but it's the lengthy process the wise creator Jesus gave us to address what's going on so that we can address it. And if we can sustain that and let that become a lifestyle, we are on the path to maintaining good mental health. It's not the only thing we need to do, but it's a beginning. And so we appreciate you guys listening. It's an absolute joy uh, to have you guys listen to Theology in the Dirt. We know we scratched the surface of a very important topic today on mental health. And so if you have some more questions, things you'd like us to dive into in regard to mental health, uh, please don't hesitate to hit us up, and we'll be glad to talk through those things more to come in the month of may look forward to justin getting some rest and getting back to us in june thank you guys for listening again if you want to send us an email theology in the dirt at gmail.com don't forget to check out restorationrome.org on foster care and adoption crisis and the work we do here in our city roman floyd county you guys have an absolute great day see you next time <laughs>